tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Did we blast our brains beyond repair with all of our drinking? What if you drank heavily for decades? Does it mean that you're doomed? In this episode, I'm explaining a ton of different studies on brain recovery in sobriety. You'll learn what to expect as you get more sober time, if our brains make a full recovery, how long it takes to see improvement, how drinking less impacts your brain, and more about how alcohol damages the brain. So let's dig in. back to 
to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm your host, Jill, and today we are talking brain recovery. So as you may know, alcohol damages the whole brain. It damages neurons in every area. It inhibits the functioning of every brain mechanism, alters the activity of all of our neural pathways, and it increases the risk of developing neurological diseases and disorders like seizures, having a stroke, brain cancer, and dementia. But it is not all that bad. According to the NIH, partial repair of some of the structural changes to the brain can occur within just the first few months of sobriety. And the most noticeable and important recovery effects occur in the first year. To get the full benefits, though, those will peak at around five to seven years. And the level of damage and the time it takes for your brain to recover depends on a lot of different factors, like how long you drink heavily, how much you drank, if you used any other drugs, including tobacco, your genetics, family history of alcohol use disorder, how many relapses you've had, and lifestyle factors like diet and exercise. I've done a few episodes recently on how multiple cycles of withdrawal affects the brain, so make sure to check those out too. Alcohol shrinks the brain, and it does this by dehydrating us and depleting the brain of water. Around 80% of the brain is water, so you can imagine water is pretty important. A small decrease in brain hydration can cause issues with memory and executive functioning. It can cause brain fog and shrink your brain. I remember when I was 60 days sober, it felt like I had woken up from a dream and I could finally think again. There's a lot of brain healing that happens right away, so I don't want you to feel demotivated by the timeline I just gave you. And this all goes back into patience too, which we just talked about in episode 195. You drank for a long time, so you need to be patient about the healing process. Studies have found that even moderate drinking can shrink the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that's associated with learning and memory. The hippocampus also creates new neurons through a process called neurogenesis, but this part of the brain takes a big beating from alcohol, which affects our brain health and the ability of the brain to recover. I explained way back in episode 12 why we get blackouts, and it's all because of the way that alcohol affects the hippocampus. I'm going to explain some studies that I found on brain recovery in order of time in recovery. So we'll build on very early recovery all the way up to six years. A 2020 study published in Addictive Behaviors found that in very early sobriety, patients showed a slowdown in processing speed, they had memory problems, and they had executive functioning problems. Follow-up exams found that cognitive performance significantly improved during their first few weeks of sobriety. So the conclusion is to let newly sober people focus on being sober for a week or two before you begin any psychosocial treatments like therapy. They said that sober people would be able to benefit from therapy, education, and motivational interviewing after some of the worst neurological damage has improved. And that happens during the withdrawal period. So they suggest that people in very early sobriety would benefit from something like treatment where they can be well fed and alcohol would not be available to them. 
The cognitive improvement after the first couple weeks would help them get more benefit from relapse prevention programs because their brain is working better. So this is why I require at least 30 days of sobriety if you want anger management coaching from me. The training program is open to all, regardless of drinking or sober status, but if you really want to dig into your specific anger with me, then your brain has to be functioning enough to be able to make connections and think ahead, think back, develop self-awareness, and you just can't do that while you're drinking. So the first two weeks, especially of sobriety, are filled with brain fog, intense emotions, anxiety, And these things make it really difficult to do the work. So if that's you and you're in the beginning, your only priority should be to not drink. You don't have to worry about doing all of this work and solving all your problems right now. Just focus on not drinking. Go to meetings, join a community, go to treatment if you need to, make an appointment with a therapist, but just don't drink. And then you can do the work in a couple weeks as you're starting to feel better. There's plenty of time to do the work, so have patience. And this doesn't mean to just do nothing for the first week or two, but it means go easy on yourself. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. A lot of people will say like, oh, I only have six days, but that's a huge accomplishment. The withdrawal period is so difficult. Your only goal is not drinking. So if you didn't drink for six days, that's awesome. Don't rush yourself or you'll get overwhelmed and quit. A 2020 study published in the American Journal of Psychiatry looked at people diagnosed with alcohol use disorder and took scans of their brains one day to two weeks after their last drink. They saw that the closer to the last drink the person was, the greater the disruption in the activity in two key areas of the brain compared to non-drinkers. So the first is the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, which is a part of the prefrontal cortex that regulates and inhibits our response to emotions. It uses our past emotional reactions to choose decisions and to control our emotional response in new situations. And the second, the striatum, is a part of the brain that influences our action planning, decision making, motivation, reinforcement, and reward perception. The more severe the disruption to this brain network, the more likely it it was for the person to go back to drinking. So this makes sense if you think about what those areas of the brain are responsible for. If we can't control our emotional reactions, decision making, and our perception of what a reward is, then it's easier to think alcohol is going to help and drink. But this study found that the longer that people stayed sober, the more improvements they had to this brain network. So this is good news. And this is something that I experienced in my own sobriety. The longer that I stayed sober, the easier it was for me to control my emotional reactions to things. I was able to go from a reactive person to a proactive person. Being reactive means that you're at the mercy of everything around you. Your emotional state and your mood are dependent on other people. If you're proactive, then you're able to take a moment to look at the situation before forming any emotional response. So you can pause. The next study that I want to talk about is from 2019. 
And this one looked at 90 people that were hospitalized for alcohol use disorder. And they found that alcohol-related damage to the white matter of the brain continued for six weeks after the people had stopped drinking. They saw the biggest damage in parts of the brain that communicate between the left and right hemisphere and the part that enables communication between the hippocampus, the nucleus accumbens, and the prefrontal cortex. So remember, the hippocampus is responsible for memories. The nucleus accumbens is a main part of our reward system. And our prefrontal cortex is important for decision-making, executive functioning, and action selection. So what this means to me is that removing alcohol from your life doesn't automatically fix the problem. The brain needs to recalibrate and heal, and some alcohol-induced damage can persist even after you stop drinking. So this is reason number 197 for why early sobriety is so hard, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep trying. Another study from 2023 looked at how drinking less impacts brain health. So they looked at the brains of 68 people eight months after they went to treatment. At that time, there were three groups, sober people, people who relapsed with low levels of drinking, and people that relapsed with high levels of drinking. And they compared these three groups to low or non-drinking people without AUD. Compared to the control group of people without alcohol use disorder, the heavy relapsing drinkers showed significantly less brain volume in 12 of 13 regions that they looked at. The low drinking relapsers had less volume in nine of the 13 regions, and sober people had differences in six of these regions. And the difference between the low relapse drinkers and the sober people was mainly in the volume of the frontal cortex. And this is part of the brain that's important for decision making, self-monitoring, impulse control, emotion regulation, working memory, and executive functioning. Less volumes in these regions impacts your ability to use these skills. Although the people who continued drinking less after treatment had healthier brains, they still had deficits in the areas of the brain that are important for having a happy, calm life. It's important for us to be able to learn and use the skills that I mentioned a moment ago. So before you get any bright ideas about learning how to moderate, just because these people drank less does not mean that they were happy. They could be just controlling the obsession temporarily. They may have stress in the future or problems that make them lean on alcohol again and their drinking goes right back to the way it was. A meta-analysis looked at 12 different cognitive functions and found that after one year, people with alcohol use disorder only had minor differences compared to the control group. Another study looked at attention and working memory for people who are one year sober versus people in early recovery, and they found a big improvement for the longer term sober people. So for most of us, the brain does recover fully or very close. And this is what I talked about in episode 195 too, that one year is a really special time for emotional and cognitive improvements. A lot of healing has taken place. 
But what about the very distant future? Well, a 2007 study compared cognitive functions of healthy controls with people who had been sober for about 6.7 years. They looked at cognitive flexibility, attention, working memory, immediate memory, delayed memory, reaction time, spatial processing, and verbal skills. They found that the two groups performed almost exactly the same, except the sober people had some deficits in spatial processing. So this is your ability to tell where objects are in space, including your own body. And I think that's really interesting because I actually have a lot of trouble parking because I can't tell how big my car is. I always think I'm much closer to things than I actually am. Could just be me. There's no way to prove it, but I thought it was interesting. But this is good news, right? If this is the only cognitive impairment that lasts six years after getting sober, then we didn't ruin our brains. And I know a lot of us worry about that. So overall, Studies show that the brain recovers really well in areas like your memory, your IQ, and your ability to think clearly. Other functions, though, might take a little bit longer, like multitasking, your ability to maintain attention, impulse control, emotion regulation, and planning. So therapy and practicing these skills are a good way to put effort into the recovery of them. And I think a great way to learn coping skills and develop self-awareness is to observe other people doing the work and learn from them too, and to get feedback from people that you trust based on your triggers and your feelings. So this is why it's good not to do it alone and to get support from people that have been in your position and understand you. And remember, There are a lot of improvements that happen within the first couple weeks, especially in the first few months, and then a ton by the end of that first year. And everything that's left over will just continue to improve over the following years. So it's unlikely that you ruined your brain, but you need to learn how to exercise patience, which is something that we are not good at considering all of the instant gratification that we love. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you could share it with someone, help get this information out there, and I will talk to you in the next one. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.